in by Kulusevski. Welcome, welcome, welcome uh, back to the Up the Spurs podcast. Uh, my name is Cooper, and I am here with a returning guest, Zach. Zach, how are you doing today? Oh, I'm doing a lot better today than I was uh, the last time we recorded. Let me just say that. Well, that's good to know. Uh, and then also, we have a first-time guest and a big, big fan that we love to uh, love to see on Twitter from articles and all this freelance work. We have Ollie Spencer uh, at Football Ollie uh, on Twitter. Ollie, how are you, my friend? I'm very well, thank you. Thanks for having me on. Yeah, no Pleasure. worries. It's no worry. Um, we we're really happy to have you. Uh, for for anyone that doesn't know, uh, Ollie and I have followed each other for it feels like five years on Twitter and um we've stuck with each other and that's all that matters and we finally get to see each other in person well not in person but you know what I mean um and no it's just great uh football creates these lovely connections around the world so we're really happy for that well lads it was an absolute we'll go we'll go with an American term batshit crazy uh <laughs> match um against Leeds just now uh before we dive into the match let's talk about the starting 11 uh we had Loris, Dyer, uh Longley and Davies and then Royal, Bentenker, Hoiberg, Perisic, Decky, Kane and Richie in a 3-4-3 uh it was the first match that Decky, Kane and Richie have started together since the 6-2 win against Leicester uh on September 17th so it's been a long time um no Spence, uh, only in the, oh, yeah, but that's a common occurrence nowadays. Uh, only in the 18, um, after his match in the Carabao. Uh, Ali, I'll start with you. Tell me about that starting 11. Is there something you wanted to see, something you expected to see, something you're disappointed about? Well, um, I was really, really pleased to see Deke back in the starting 11, as I was with Richardson as well. Um you mentioned that six two. I think it's actually the first game Kulusevski started since that game at all. Oh my god! Richie been out for about two weeks. I think Kulu for a couple of months. So having them both back was a huge plus because I was I couldn't bear a, a, a front two of Kane and Perisic much longer. So um, both both welcome returns. Um, the 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 more recent Dyer right centre back experiment continues. Uh, I'm not mad about it. I don't I quite like him there. Um, Seems to be our best crosser from from wide right. Sadly, uh, so he, you know, he gets in those areas, which is no bad thing. Good technique on the ball in those in those areas. Royale, I'm sure we'll speak about a bit later more. We will. Um, disappointing, perhaps, to many fans after a encouraging Spence cameo midweek, but I wasn't surprised to see him in the in the eleven. Uh, from a from a dire uh, right centre back perspective, when Romero does come back uh, after the World Cup. Would you like to see Romero in the center or still uh, on the right side of the back three? I'd like to see a, a new face somewhere in the back three. Good answer. But if, Good answer. But with, this, with this current crop, I think Dyer returns centrally and Romero goes on the right. Um, although Romero did play, I mean, he was he was defender of the year in Syria, playing centrally in the back three. So maybe we can maybe maybe try that out, see what he can do there, and and Dyer stays in the right. When he was at Atalanta and he was in the center of the back three, I think. Do you think Conte thinks he was too aggressive with the play style? 
maybe that's the concern. It feels quite different, this back three. Um, Dyer's always the deepest one, with always mm -hmm. the time in the ball. Uh, yeah. You have to be strong area, which Romero is. You have to be good in the ball, which Romero is. So I, I think it would work, but perhaps that is the concern, yeah. Yeah. Zach, any thoughts on the uh, on the 11 that you saw? Yeah, I mean, it, it's similar. Um, I, I was surprised to see um, both Richie and um, Decky back. I mean, we knew that they were coming back to to fitness and they were getting some minutes here and there, but to throw both of them in there, I mean, it was a pleasant surprise. Um, and I think especially on Decky's part, he's just so integral to like creating any sort of attacks because, or if Kane's the one creating, then there's no one up there for Kane. Um, Decky fills that role perfectly. So to see him back was just uh, a very welcome sight. Um, yeah, similar, you know, I would, I would have liked to seen Spence after his cameo, but we just, we know he's not trusted in the Prem yet. Um, though I don't understand how, how he can be that much worse than, than some of our options, but it is what it is. Hopefully things get, you know, reorganized in January, you know, maybe taking this time and working with Conte, you know, over this world cup break might get him in some good graces who knows um but other than that you know the rest of the starting lineup it's you know it's it's what we expected mm -hmm. no that makes sense uh I, I had high hopes going into the match um i thought it's leads they're going to ship some goals um and we're at home i don't know uh, decky and richie back i felt more positive uh but that optimism was shot down uh 10 minutes into the match uh with a goal from somerville um it was just Way too easy, in my opinion. It felt inevitable in a weird way. Uh, once I think it was Aronson broke past uh Hoiberg and then played through to Somerville, who um I, I, I don't know. I felt like Dyer should have been a lot more strong uh in the tackle, it just looked really weak. And then I think Lloris was beaten near post again. Lloris is another situation that we could point out, but I won't blame him for this one. It is the eighth match in a row where we concede first. So that's off to a great start. Ali is, is the problem. What do you think the main problem is for us conceding first so many times in a row? Is it tactics, personnel, mentality? What, what would you boil it down to? I think it's a mixture of things. I think it's, there's a lot of um, individual errors that, that occur. I think in this case, you're right. Dyer should have been stronger. Royale's positioning was was off and he needs to be tracking that that left sided runner. I think the main reason for the for the for conceding going behind so early on so regularly is just confidence. I feel like you go behind once and you get into a pattern, you get into a routine of going behind, especially when you come back to win. It sort of makes I think in mentality wise, in their heads they think, oh it's okay we can concede and we'll be all right because we can, like we did against Bournemouth or like we did against Marseille, whoever. You can come back and win the game and everything's fine. No one cares about the early goal. But the fans yeah. do care about the early goal. And actually it changes the atmosphere significantly when you go behind inside the first 10 minutes instead of the first 20 minutes. Right. Um, so I just think they get into a routine, um, yeah. a really sort of bad habit that, that, that shouldn't continue. And I think confidence is just sort of gradually declining um, collectively and, in, and also individually. Yeah, no, I think that's a great point. Um, after that goal win and you saw heads drop, uh, you heard the stadium um, just kind of whip into a bit of a frenzy, a lot of frustration uh, coming from that. 
And I do wonder, because there was a, an, a lovely combination that happened around the 18th minute uh, between, I think it was like Davies. Um, I can't remember exactly, but it was on the left side. And we kind of, it looked like the Conte team of last season where it was just beautiful combination kind of going through. Davies broke through into the box, slotted it across to Royal, who skied it over the bar. And I'm not I'm not going to... I don't want to harp on Royal too much because I think we do that a lot. Um, he's clearly trying. He's attempting. He's not going out there and just not like playing as if... I, he's giving it all. Or maybe not as all. He's given about 90%, I'll say. And his confidence seems to be low. He sees social media. He hears the the crowd. I mean, of course, he's probably gutted to make the World Cup squad, not making the World Cup squad. And I don't think he would have anymore. Um, Zach, weird question. Yeah. If, if Royale had confidence, do you think he slots that in the back of the net? Or do you think his footballing ability does not allow him to score? Listen... I think Emerson could have the confidence of a prime Cristiano Ronaldo, and there is no way that that ball doesn't go back to Brazil. I'm sorry, he, that that's 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 going that's going to the moon. Um, it's just that's not his thing. He yeah. he he he's not a finisher. Um, uh, yeah, and it was it was it was a beautiful, like you said, it was a link up with Richie and and Davies, and I was like, oh wow wow, here comes this ball, and I was like. I saw it was Emerson at the end of it. I'm just like, and I just, yeah. I just sighed before it even, he even took the shot. Cause I'm like, I just know where this is ending up. And lo and behold, we were, we were right. Yeah. Um, yeah, yeah it was hard, but I, I, I felt like even though we were one nil down, there was some confidence. It was growing. encouraging. It was yeah. encouraging to see those signs. And like you said, that sort of attacking play. Yeah. Um, and it like, we just look more natural when, you know, our, our main, you know, attackers are in that. Cause it was Richie that was involved in that ball, um, to Davies. And yeah, it just, we, we actually looked like we had an attacking threat granted, maybe not right there, you know, with, with Emerson being there, but if it was any other player or if maybe he, you know, hit it a, a bit better, you know, that that's a goal, you mm-hmm. know, it was a, it was a really good opportunity that was created. Yeah. Well, and opportunities kept coming. I think it was our sixth corner where Kane, uh, lovely first touch uh, to get around. I think it was Tyler Adams um, and slot it into the net uh, to make it 1-1. I think it was our first first half goal uh, since Frankfurt in the Champions League. So there you go. <laughs> yeah, I know. That is depressing. Love to see. Uh, yeah. There's a lot of talk about goalkeepers being protected. And Ollie, do you think it was a foul? on Melier? Uh I think if it was other around, I think we'd be calling for a foul on Larice. Um as soon as I saw it my sort of my mind jumped back to that Larice Wilson incident in the Newcastle home defeat a few weeks yeah. back. Um because up to that point I felt like the keepers always got protection. And then I saw that incident with Larice and my opinion changed on that. Um I still I still think it should have been a foul, but we won't go into that. I need to get over it. Um <laughs> But it's, yeah, so now I'm not I'm not sure where I stand in the whole goalkeeper's protection thing. And the more I see the incident, the less I think Longley purposely. I think Longley had eyes on the ball. It was Davies in there as well, wasn't it? Hoybier. There's two players near him. 
Yeah. Um, I think both had eyes for the ball. I don't think they really did enough to to knock him back. I just don't think Melier was strong enough, aggressive mm. enough in, in claiming it. Um, but you know, if if the if the gloves under the hand, then you'd, you'd probably be upset by that decision. But like you say, fantastic composure from Kane in in the tight space mm. to in a good finish. Right, and I thought I thought Kane looked a little explosive in the first half. He looked good. Um, and then there was a significant drop off. I think through the rest of the match, he's exhausted, uh, and I don't blame him at all, but I mean, that's why he's on the pitch just in that 18 yard box, kind of slotting home, just very tight angles. It was a great goal. Uh, in my opinion, 12th of the season, I think is he, I think he's still second. Um, so that's good for him. Really happy. All the hard work, all the great, um, play kind of cumulated in a, a mishap at the back uh, for their second goal. Um, I think it was Kane and Dyer, like something about a header. I don't know. I'm trying to remember exactly. It came off of one of their corners and Rodrigo got on the end of it, kind of put it right at Loris. Uh, I think he should be saving that. I don't know about the both of you. It looked like it was just dead up the middle um, and it kind of just went right into the net. I don't know if you both heard uh, on the broadcast. Um, we heard it in the states, Ollie. But did you potentially hear a Spurs fan yelling at who? I don't know who was taking the corner. Um, yeah, that is. I did hear that. Funniest crap in the entire world because it's so us. Um, I uh, I yeah, I because I I took like notes throughout the game, and. <laughs> I wrote at 41.56 or like around that mark. I was like, I can hear some fans screaming, you are shit. You are so shit. That's why you play for Leeds. And he just kept repeating yeah, yeah, over yeah. and over. It was, uh, it's, it kind of sucked because like I was, I was laughing at that. And then nearly a few, a few seconds later, they score, of course. Yeah. <laughs> well, I didn't hear, I didn't hear the Leeds part at first. And I thought they were mm-hmm. yelling that at, emerson so i was like all right uh, that's not because he was closest to the the supporters yeah. and i thought that's not needed no thank you uh but it ends the half the half ends uh two to one uh we go i think it was the fourth match in a row they got these stats are depressing as hell uh fourth match in a row in the premier league that we have started the second half trailing so i don't think that's what conte wants just a thought uh, there was some booing that rang out for what felt like the 95th match in a row. Uh, Ali, was the booing warranted in your opinion? I'm not. A, I'm not a fan of the booing um, no. at all. I just feel like it goes against the word supporter. Um, you know, the three of us are Spurs supporters. Everyone in, the, in well, 90 percent of the ground there, Spurs of supporters. And I don't. I just don't think. I don't think. Being a supporter means booing at half time. And it's become most home games. I mean, yes, we're going in half time down, but the whole point of being a fan is that you support the team when they're winning and you and you support them as much when they're losing. And that, you know, and like I said earlier, the confidence in the players is leading to me, and leading the, leading to these mistakes, sorry. Mm-hmm. And so booze at half time throughout the game, the players hear that. That's it's gonna lower their confidence further. It's going to result in more mistakes, and it's just you just go round and round when mistakes lead to booing, booing leads to mistakes, and it's just not healthy at all. Um, but I don't know how that changes. I, yeah, 
I think well, Conte I... may be in a post thing or a player needs to, you know, someone, a player or Conte needs to come out after the match and say, look, we appreciate your support in, in moments, but booing half time is affecting the players. Yeah. Um, it's, just, it's just not good enough. It's just not, it's not necessary. It's happening all the time now. Just to go back to the, to the, to the, the Spurs fan talking to the Leeds corner taker, mm. I, I found it especially funny because the commentary stopped. It, it, was just, it was so clear. And I yeah. they, usually they apologise, but I think they just felt really awkward about it. They didn't, didn't really know what to say. It was just a, such a horrible moment. But yeah. very, very amusing. Yeah, and I, I don't know, Zach, because we're both on the American broadcast. I thought the commentators were terrible. Uh, that's just my opinion. Oh, I uh, um, So I, I was of the opinion that I'm okay with the refs kind of, you know, letting the goalkeepers not get roughed up, but just it, there's contact in there. So like mm-hmm. I was kind of the standing that it was never a, a foul by Longley. And I wrote in my notes, this bastard commentator <laughs> keeps talking about how our goal should have been ruled out. Cry more, please. And then a few more minutes later, when they showed a replay, he did it again. And yeah, the commentary team was just, they, they, I mean, they were silent also for that for that part, and it was it it was comical. But yeah, they were they they weren't up to they weren't up to par. Yeah, there was there was a few. Uh, I think when Decky was elbowed by Cooper um, mm-hmm. in the corner, I think they said there's not much in that, and I thought, yeah. ah, all right, I I think we know the way this uh, this match is going. Um, yeah. So I I think from a from a perspective of um, us being a second half team for the past few matches, I thought we started well. Uh, the crowd seemed to have calmed down a little bit, I feel like. Um, I mean, we could have gone in 1-1 uh, at the half, and I still feel like there would have been booze because people, I don't know, people have this mentality of it's Leeds, they shouldn't be like competing with us at home. I think Leeds is a good team. Uh I think they have great players, and we'll get onto that later. And I mean, they just beat Liverpool at Anfield. I I know Liverpool's out of form, but that's still massive. Like, there's still, yeah, some quality behind that. Forty eighth minute, I think it was Mark Rolka uh, caught Dyer on the upper shin. I don't know if VAR even looked at that. Um, just quick pointing out, could have been a car, uh, could have been a red in my opinion, but it felt like it was glossed over. Uh, but that's all null and void. Uh, 51st minute, Ben Davies with a goal, or it was an own goal on Christensen and Melier, uh, after a quick throw-in from Royal. So, hey, he contributed. So I'm very happy for that. Uh, I think Kane had a block shot in that too. Um, 2-2, we're back in the game. A substitution was made a little later. Uh, Sanchez and Doherty on for Longley and Emerson. Ollie, you're more of a tactician than I think Zach and myself are. Um, do you have a pin- <laughs> do you have an opinion? Whoa, way to uh, throw me in there with you. Sorry, sorry, Zach. You're more <laughs> of an opinion, Ollie, than myself uh, and Zach. So, do you have? Can you can you walk us through why those subs might have been made? It was long layoff for Sanchez, was it? Yes, yeah. and then Emerson and Doherty. Well, firstly, I'm not sure I am much more of a tactical mind than, than the two of you but thank you uh, and secondly I my only thing would be obviously Doherty is better on the ball than Royale probably um, technically better also as we know he's has, has a better sort of 
relationship with with Kulusevski. We saw that last season. Yeah. Um, and I think Doxy had a quite good impact on the game when he came on. Um, so that that decision was warranted. Um, and maybe that understanding with Deki was just that was just key because Kulusevski's main moments came towards the game end of the game after Doxy was substituted. In terms of Sanchez, my only thing perhaps would be that Spurs are trailing by that point, right? Um, uh, I think it was two two. Uh, it was two two. It was two two. Two two. Either way, you know, Spurs need to win the game, um, and they might want to sort of bring the defensive line higher, bring the whole team up the pitch a bit more um, to you know to keep to limit the space for leads. Mm-hmm. Um, quite a common thing you you do if you're trying to win the game. You know, City do it all the time. The type, you know, the centre backs are in the opposition half, and with Sanchez considering more pace than Longley has. Um, there might, there might, been, there might have been a thinking there. That's, that's what I can really think of. You, have, okay. you know, you have more, um, more, more proactive if if the line's higher. Yeah. No, that makes sense, and I appreciate that. Uh, I still will call you a master tactician. So take it and run with it. Uh, I think it was after our ninth corner. Sometime later, did anyone see Kane line up to take it? And Ali, I have to know: Did you have flashbacks? <laughs> To the World Cup, Euro was it the World Cup? Was it was it the Euros? No, Euro twenty sixteen under under Hodgson. Hodgson, yeah. I saw him line up to take that corner, and I thought, "Whip it in, just do it, just once, just oh, it'd be so great." But I'm glad he didn't take it because uh, <laughs> I think Perisic has been a revelation uh, from set pieces for us. Mm. Uh, around the seventieth minute, uh, we changed to a three five two. Uh, Richie off, I think. He needed a break. I thought Decky needed one too, but glad he stayed on a little bit longer. Uh, Basuma came on. They then score. Rodrigo's second of the match. Uh, Benton Kerr looked to be fouled. I don't think he was personally. Um, up to the 75th minute, I thought it was one of Benton Kerr's, I want to say, worst games because I think he's been so bright. I just think he lost possession a little bit too much. Um, felt a little loose in the passing, uh, but then, uh, Zach, can you walk us through, uh, the goal that made it three, three, um, from Benton Kerr? Yeah, it was a uh, nice from Darty put the ball in on the right. And I think he was trying to hit Sanchez with, with the cross, but one of the Leeds defenders puts it back out and, uh, who is standing right in the box in open space None other than for for the listeners, I've got Rodrigo standing right behind me on my green screen. But uh, Rodrigo's standing right there and uh, takes a touch and just then puts it right in the right in the corner. Or, or I don't know if it was right in the corner, but finishes it. And it was it was all tied up and uh, just for everything. He's just I know we like we were just talking about maybe it wasn't one of his better games for us, but then he just he turned it around right there and it was after that goal that the floodgates just sort of started to open up and we kind of really went after the winner and you know shortly after you know it came mm-hmm. um but that i think that was the goal you know especially the 80th minute um and uh yeah it was it, it opened the floodgates like i said yeah um, no, it, it felt good. And I, I don't know if I expected it, uh, personally. Um, 
I don't know. I was always worry, uh, wary of Leeds kind of winning it at the death um, just from their past experiences. Um, well, they're 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 much like us in the fact that, you know, they're they're good at making comebacks as well. Yeah. You know, it's not yeah. like they haven't you know done it a time or two, even this season before. So it was uh, yeah, it was always something that we had to be careful of. Yeah. Uh, and then two minutes later. A lovely combination. Kane lays it off for Decky, who slots it across uh, to Benson Kerr, who finishes it again. Um, Ollie, I have a question for you. Actually, Zach, mm. this is also for you as well. I'd like for you yeah. to name the better Sweden or the better Swede. Uh, is it Dejan Kulusevski or Greta Thunberg? <laughs> <laughs> I mean... I mean, gimme, 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 you know, mm-hmm. uh, uh, I, I, I'm, I'm so in love with Decky. He's yeah. like, like I said, I can't, I can't get enough of him. And if hopefully, you know, this is the last time that he's out injured, mm-hmm. you know, hopefully because he is so vital to, yeah. to what we do, everything, you know, there, especially in the first half, you know, he was getting so much space and just constantly breaking down that right especially towards the beginning of the first half but almost everything you know tried to go through him Mm -hmm. and because it works you know he's he's got that he's got that eye for either a pass or or a goal but yeah i i love decky i love him absolutely love him it feels like he has such a good relationship with kane as well compared to like the mora he's so smart for yeah, for his age very intelligent like his player. intelligence on the field like he looks like a seasoned pro like he looks like kane he, mm-hmm. they they remind me a lot of each other just in the their intelligence with the space how to use their bodies and and mm-hmm. yeah. you know the the whip on you know their passes and yeah just can't get enough of him Ali, from a from a scouting perspective, did you know about Kulusevski like a lot before we signed him in January? Uh, for the record, I'm I'm actually Team Greta, but uh, we'll continue. Oh, <laughs> oh. That's fair. You know, that's fair. <laughs> does a lot more for the world. Yeah, no, I was aware. Of, <laughs> I was aware of Kulusevski. Um, he, he sort of first came on my radar during his Palmer loan. I think it was um, mm. where he he won a young young player mm. of the season. Um, in Syria, uh, but he just never got the consistent minutes at Juve. Obviously, it was a parity signing um, from Atalanta, um, so the, the talent was recognised early on. But and you know, I get he's, he's competing against Dybala for a, for a starting spot. It was never going to be easy, um, but the talent was always there. When he when he played, he played well, generally. Um, and yeah, it's it's just been the most incredible signing. Um, because I know for a lot of people, understandably, haven't really heard of him. For look at his numbers and think, oh, you know, not sure. But yeah, you, you forget he's twenty-two. Um, mm-hmm. Like Zach was saying, he looks so mature in every action he does. Uses his body so well. It knows exactly what, what the defender's going to do. And does does the opposite. His, his first touch is immaculate, as we saw with that with that fourth goal. I mean, his first touch to take it round past the defender, so subtle. It's just, just a joy to watch, and uh, I think during our, our sticky patches, which are still enduring, maybe, but over the last couple of months, we've maybe forgot just how important he is to the side. People sort of asking the question, "What's gone wrong at Spurs? Why aren't we playing well?" 
he is a big, big reason. Um, I think people forgot maybe just how just how good he is for us. So yeah, great to have him back. Yeah, no, I think I think you're spot on, and I, I think you're both right. I think he knows when to use his pace, and he's so similar with Kane. Like Kane is can be very deceptively quick, just like Kulusevski. Um, and I'll never I'll never forget twenty minutes into his debut against whoever it was last season. People calling him way too slow uh, for the prem. Um, <laughs> I remember look at that. Him, look at him now. Uh that kind of wrapped up the match. I think Leeds was defeated. They were just absolutely knackered and just kind of done uh, with the match. Uh, Spurs had a 6% chance of winning, according to betting sites, I think at the 80th minute, right before Bentaker scored his first. Um, Tyler Adams had a red card. Uh, the match was seen out very well, I think by Horberg and Kane, just very... I think that's the Mourinho in them the they, shit house. they had yeah they had, like especially towards the end of the game like i noticed that like they had a really good passage of play between those two of just like killing the time mm-hmm. um and then you know kane kane got absolutely rocked down in the corner but i mean he knew it was coming yeah he, he lined himself up for it and it's just so smart from from those two they, they wasted like i mean i don't know how much time it was but a, a good amount of time with that mm-hmm. passage of play and i was like you know that's that's smart that's you know yeah. So Zach from, and I'll, I'll leave this question. will come to you afterwards. Uh, from a Spurs perspective, uh, who do you think played well and who do you think played the least? Well, we'll keep it, we'll keep it kind. Um, I mean, well, I think, you know, Benton he was there in the big moments, but I, I think, I think Kulisevsky throughout the match, I, I would probably give him, our man, well, it's hard. It's harsh to give a man of the match after Bentoncourt scored two yeah. winners, but I mean, he was just, he was so vital in everything that we did. Um, and uh, as for you know who didn't do the wet, you know the best. Um, it's harsh, you know, but you know Dyer and Emerson, both of them, I think Dyer got better when he switched to the middle um, when Sanchez came on. Um, I think I think he's a bit more comfortable there, but I I do think when he does get forward and makes those runs to right wing back, I do think he's got a, a good cross on him. Yeah. I mean, he's good at set pieces, so it's not like he doesn't know how to strike a ball. Um, and Emerson, it's just it's it's the same old with him. You know, I I don't want to be too harsh, but it's just it's not working for him. It continues to not work for him for him, and. Uh, I just hopefully things get resolved in January. You know, I saw some links about Juventus maybe being interested, but that's like for the summer. Yeah. But it's, uh, it's not his fault. You know, he he's getting picked and all he can do is try. And I do think he's putting in effort. I just, I just don't think he's a right wing back. He's a right yeah. back. No, that totally makes sense. That totally makes sense. Uh, Ollie, do you have a man of the match? Yeah, I'm, I agree with everything Zach said there about, his man of match and, and his least good pick as well. Um, yeah. yeah, completely agree. But uh, I would just make it more interesting. I'd say my man of the match would be Decky, but I'll, I'll offer up Hoybier as another option. Um, another really tidy game. He's. I find myself talking, when I talk to my friends about Hoybier, they're like, they don't see it. But I have to. I'm sort of constantly backing up Hoybier. I feel. You yeah, know, he's he's somehow still so underrated by non-Spurs fans and some and some Spurs fans as well. 
Um, he's, people, he, he's way better technically than people we give him credit for. He's, again, like Ben Takura, has come up with some big goals this season. He's a good mm -hmm. finisher, various angles. Um, and he's just got such an engine on him. His work rate is incredible. Uh, hence why he's not started. Only started all but one game since joining, I think. Mm -hmm. um, he's just... I love him so much. He's and he's so integral to this to the midfield and to the whole team. He keeps things ticking over. His passing range um, is really good. Um, yeah, and I think he had another another solid game. Another another solid game today. Didn't stand out in any in any aspect in any um, in any moment. But yeah, he's still just he, he's he's key. Yeah. And then for my least good pick, oh, again I agree with I agree with Royale and Dyer. I feel like people have said enough about Royale. Um, so I'll, I'll mention Larice instead. Uh, you mentioned the second goal. Was it Rodrigo's first? Yes. Um, sort of at Larice, I let him off there because I think it's actually very good from Rodrigo taking it first time. You know, keepers all when you have, whenever you watch training videos, they're always saying get off your shots early because the keeper hasn't got time to set himself, and that's exactly the case here. Rodrigo first time shot. Larice doesn't isn't quite ready for it, and it's just too much power, too quick, and it goes underneath him. But the his second one, um, what was it? It was Rodrigo again, tight angle. Yeah, th yeah, there was one goal where, where I did think he could have. Yeah, maybe it was that one. But Larice is just generally more recently has he's starting to look like he's declining now. He's losing his sharpness. He's losing his reflexes, which has always been such a big part of his game. Um, people questioned it before, and I never really bought into him declining. I, th I still thought he's at a really good level, but now it's starting to be too many mistakes. Too many things getting past him, and I think now keeper is becoming more and more a priority. Um, yeah, not January, but in the summer for sure. That's right. to be addressed. Yeah. And I that's... think that's. Oh, sorry, Zach. You have one more. Oh no, yeah, I, I was just gonna say, like, I that's kind of the same boat I'm in. Um, people like Hugo has oh, occasionally, you know, made mistakes before in the past, but they've sort of just been like one offs or like you know every so often. Um, but then he he brings it back with just like incredible performances and now it's like I'm, I'm starting to see like that same sort of drop off I don't think it's enough to be worried about that like oh we have to address this in January you know he's still you know he's still a good keeper um but yeah it's just just backing up that point yeah no I think I think Larice has always had a mistake in him but with the quality of our defense especially with Romero out I think that's amplified um, just because more shots are taken and he, you're right. He has, he has declined a little bit in his sharpness. Um, I, I think I'm going to agree with, with the pair of you. I think, um, great men of the matches. Um, I will give a shout out. I don't think of course he was man of the match, but Aronson, uh, from Leeds, I think he's such a good player. Yeah. I, yeah. I mean, that's the American in me. Uh, I'd <laughs> love to see uh, him at Spurs next year. I just think he's so, so electric. I think that's a, best word i can think about it uh for him and he's very he's like a it's like a puppy dog not puppy a bulldog let's say not a puppy uh just very like snappy and kind of very explosive with how he moves and i just i wanted to make sure he got some credit because i liked him a lot i i know i haven't got the same american bias as you two but i i can back it up i think i think arison's got arison's got a really high ceiling um yeah like you say he's really dynamic uh deceivingly quite physical and quite strong. Um we saw in the first goal him holding up Hoybier, getting away from him and then sets set up the set up the Somerville first goal. 
Um, I think he could go really far. It's just it's just making sure he's in a system where he's in the role that's going to get the most most out of his out of his ability. Um, he, I really like it. I can't wait to see what he does for, for yeah. the US at Men's National. He, he reminds me a lot of, this is going to be a weird comparison, but the early Lucas Mora, who was able to kind of get a dribble off. Uh, now, it, for Lucas, it's kind of like blind alleys um, that he kind of runs down. But I think Aronson and Lucas had that explosiveness to them kind of through the middle, where I think he's best. Um, I do think Aronson has a high ceiling. I'm glad you said that. Um, it'll be interesting to see him during the World Cup. It'll be a lot of fun. Uh, but you kind of made a good segue, Ali, uh, to one of our last uh, sections on the pod. January, um, we've got the World Cup, and then I think we have one match against Brentford or two. I can't remember. Uh, coming up in December. And then we have January for the window. Um, we've got some time, but and all of this is going to be thrown out the window with how World Cup performances go. And Zach and I talked about this on last episode. But Ali, from a from a ins and outs for January, of course, not a lot will happen because um, that's just how the market is. It might be different with the World Cup this year. Um, but if you're going to have to sign two to three players or let two or three go uh, from Spurs, realistically, do you have any idea in mind who those two to three players for ins and outs would potentially be? Well, I, I actually think this January could be different to most Januarys. I think the World Cup changes everything, and it's just feel like, it feels like the season is completely split in half. Um, you know, over the next month, the players that aren't going away can have a sort of a, a pre-season working closely with containers, coaching staff, um, and I, yeah, I think it's sort of a very different dynamic to how it usually is. So I expect quite a lot of movement in January from all the clubs, and Spurs. Conte knows that a lot of surgeries needed to this squad. We we thought at the time. As a soft in the way that summer was, that summer was one of the best windows for a long time. It was like always in the moment, like great window. And you look back and you think, oh, what a rubbish window. And, and with benefit of hindsight, you can you can do that. But I think we made some good signings. I've seen this line quite a lot about the summer was about quantity and January to be about quality coming into the squad. I'm not sure I yeah. completely buy that. And we, when we broke our transfer record for Richarlison and you know got him in quality and Basuma undeniably. Um, and, and Perisic, incredibly experienced player. Um, but if they think that's quality, they think they think they think that's quantity and that quality is going is yet to come, then then that's great news for us. I think the main positions that need addressing is right wing back. Um, one of a, cent, a new centre back, probably left sided, um, with Romero coming back coming back in, and then a sort of creative midfield hybrid attacker player that can fill in for that can deputize Decky and Richie and also be a more creative force in the midfield three. I'll start with that position. Um it's a it's a tough one because you need players that can play centrally and also in those sort of as as content calls them tens. Uh Dominic Shabozlai from uh RB Leipzig is a player that I really like fantastic set piece taker as well. Mm-hmm. Um Still very young. There are, there are a few parts of his game I'm still not sure about. Um, but on the ball, he's he's fantastic, and he can he can do those jobs. He can play in the midfield three, can play out 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 a little bit wider, cutting in. Um, he feels more realistic than perhaps other um, other names that I've seen mentioned. And also oh. maybe thirty five mil, maybe something like that. 
Yeah. What were the other names that you were seeing mentioned? Well, maybe his, maybe his RB Leipzig teammate, Christopher Nkunku, for example, oh, perhaps is out of, out of reach. Uh, Madison's another one who obviously was spoken about a lot in the summer. I don't know how realistic it is because Leicester picked up form. At the start of the season, I was thinking with Leicester and relegation zones, I was thinking Madison would be keen on a move. And again, he can play centrally in a bit of three or out wide. Um, the one I expect to happen is, is Rusto Malazowski from Atalanta because uh, his contract expires next summer. Um, it's, again, it's, Craig's a bit thicker. Yeah, uh, it seems way too obvious. Uh, yeah, I think... I think I, I would be quite surprised. Actually, I'm not, not going to say that. I, I would I wouldn't be surprised if he if he joined. Um, right wing back. I feel like I'm always sort of looking at the market and seeing who's there. There's mm -hmm. a guy from Wolfsburg called Riddle Baku, who's actually probably my favourite player for that role. Um, seen a fair bit of him. Technically, he's fantastic. Really good pace. Um, I like him a lot, but I don't know how easy it is. Pedro Porro's got a 45 million release calls, I think. Um, and then Denzel Dumfries been mentioned a lot recently, but not 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 by sources that are overly reliable. Um, yeah. but he's very much very much Conte player, and in fact he's tall, he's physical, he attacks the back post um from corners to score a lot of goals. And then uh another name I really like in that for that role is is um by Leverkusen wing back uh, Jeremy Frimpong. I forgot, I forgot his name there. Uh, and he's homegrown as well, so that that would make a lot of sense. But I'll I'll say, I'll say, keep it realistic. I'll say Manolski, Walker Peters actually buy back. I think he could do well. And then left side, left side of centre back, the Athletics are going to go strong for Bastoni, if that's the case. Amazing. Um, he had a sort of slight incident with Inter about a month ago, but I think he seems to be back on good terms with them now. So, like in the summer, he'll be hard to prize away. So maybe Evan and Dicker for the left side of centre back role, who again um, is out of contract by the, in the summer. Yeah, no, I think I think all those are great shouts. Um, it reminds me of a lot of targets that we had uh, in the summer. I'd I would have loved to have seen Andika. I find it crazy that in the, we went into the summer thinking new right wing back is priority, new left side centre back is priority, and. Neither were properly addressed. Fine, Spence came in, Longley, okay, but neither of them are clearly of the quality of that we that were that are necessary. So it's just it's just mental to me that we spent big but not on the priority positions, and that you know this this January can't can't afford to do that same thing again because otherwise the team's not going to improve like we needed to. Right. No. 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 I completely agree. Um, hopefully, we make some moves in January. I don't know. I'm I'm always hesitant. Um, when it comes to January, I think the World Cup will inflate some prices, and I'm expecting uh, Sissoko back on a $30 million, uh purchase. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, my gosh, nightmares. Um, from an outs perspective, uh, Zach, is there any is there any people like that realistically you think in January will leave the squad? Um, I mean, yeah. Uh, I mean, probably as... As much as I don't really want to see it, if if Spence isn't going to get the game time, I part of me wonders now that there isn't the Carabao Cup, um, if a loan you know is on the books for him, because um, it just doesn't look like Conte has any plans of playing him, um, or I don't know, maybe with this um, sort of winter break 
preseason camp for him. Maybe he can, like I said, win a spot back. Um, and I mean, I'd like to see a new right wing back come in and we're surely not going to keep four of them at the club if, if we are to bring one in. So, you know, probably someone in that position, if it is Spence or an, even another one, um, I would like that to be Royale, but I don't see him going anywhere in January. Um, Brian Hill is probably going to go probably on a loan as well. Um, he's getting some more cameos here and there, but you know, he, he needs to be playing week in week out. Um, I'd like to see that be a prem club that he goes to, but it's probably just going to end up being, you know, another Spanish club that that's willing to take him on because of how highly rated he is over there. Um, I don't know. Or, or if we could line up a, a, a lower league, a lower league, a lower position, you know, um, prem club, that'd be, that'd be fantastic. Um, if we were, you know, it depends how, how intense we want to go in January. Um, but I wouldn't hate seeing Lucas going if we got an adequate replacement, you know, um, if we let out Brian and Lucas and got two attacking players, but that might be a bit much. I don't know. Yeah. Um, yeah. I, I think, I think it'll be interesting. Uh, I think that's the, that's the name of the game, uh, for January. It'll be very, um, crazy and hectic. I think a lot of the upper, uh, teams in the table right now, your arsenals, I don't know. I don't think city will, um, cause I think Pep came out and talked about it. I think Chelsea will all make improvements to the squads. Surely uh, Liverpool have, have got, Liverpool, got to make improvements, you know? Yeah. I mean, yeah, they, they've been having just a rough season. And now with, you know, the talk of them being on the market, you know, if someone comes in quickly, you know, to, to purchase them, who knows, you know, we could see like Bowley, how, how he did with Chelsea he came right in and, you know, made made a a decent amount of signings yeah well, i think, um, so I think it'll the be interesting thing with liverpool is i think it's what 3.5 billion dollar valuation uh yeah. for the club and makes me so worried uh for spurs because i think if liverpool's being priced at 3.5 with i mean anfield's a beautiful stadium uh i just think with the facilities that we have Levy's going to price it at about six billion and say, "Huh, eh, come at me." Are you two Enoch out? Are you quite keen for Levy and Lewis? So, well, that's a controversial topic, Ollie, and we do not cover those on this. Good answer, question. No, 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 no. Uh, Greta Thunberg is my answer. Um, uh, I'll do no, no, no. I mean, uh, Zach, you want to go first? Get... Oh, sure. I mean, I'm. I wouldn't say I'm hardcore Enoch out. Um, I think it. Uh, we're sort of seeing those benefits being reaped a little bit. Now that money is coming into the stadium. We did see that investment in the summer. Um, I wouldn't be opposed to new owners, you know, ones who are super ambitious and, and wanted to, you know, rocket fuel power, this club, you know, forward. Um, but I think, I think Paratici coming in and I think, you know, like I said, that investment, I think, I think those are good steps. Um, and if money is, um, given in January, I, I, I don't see how money can't be available considering 
that 150 million that was put in. Um, I don't know. I, I, I'm not as quick to see them leave as others are. Cause I think hiring Conte backing him, I think that is an ambitious um, move granted, you know, years later than, than what most fans were hoping for with ambition being, you know, shown, but you know, we're at the stage where it looks like it might start to come, you know, to fruition a little bit from the owners. Um, so we'll see. I don't know. But again, wouldn't be opposed if a, you know, very wealthy owner wanted to come in and speed everything up. I am 65 to 35 out. Uh, I think off the pitch. Endorsement-wise, facility-wise, Enoch is fantastic. Business-running perspective. Um, I think back to, was it was it 2017? Uh, what, what was the last year at the lane, Ollie? Was it 2018? 2019? 16, 17. Jeez, yeah. oh my gosh, my bad. Uh, <laughs> I think that was your chance to really kick on. You had a firing Kane and son. You had such a great squad and the lack of investment in the next few years and the signing of the deals for players that were good squad players. Like I'm not going to tear down like Winks and Davies who all signed extensions, but I think the 18 months where we didn't sign anyone and the lack of investment moving forward just shows that we did not want to invest or Enoch did not want to invest and they thought they were going to get by on the success of Kane and Son and and Co and the overachieving of Poch. Um I I think the biggest thing to look at is we have made some really good signings in Bentancur, Romero, Kulizevsky, but the difficult part for me is all three of those were, I want to say, a season or two too late, like they should have been earlier. Uh, and I think they really paper over the cracks of some really poor signings. Um, I don't know. I think the poor managerial appointments of Nuno, I think Nuno was a disaster. I did like the Mourinho hiring originally. I did only because I thought <laughs> finally we'll win something. But when he's backed with Roden, um, Joe Hart, I I don't know. It just felt Matt Matt Doherty, who I thought was a good player, but I I don't know. I just felt like there should have been a lot more done. I mean, he did. He asked for what Ruben Diaz, and he got Joe Roden like that to mm-hmm. me. He asked for Skriniar, yeah. And and it just felt very like we're doing the minimum that we can. If Kane had not fired as as well as he had for his career, like we would be we'd be really low on the table. Like not maybe not really low, like relegation, but we'd be a lot lower than we are. And I think Enoch kind of rode that success. Um but yeah, 65-35. Ollie, what about you? Um, yeah, I, th- I think they undoubtedly have their flaws, but I'm I'm actually sort of Enoch in. I, I like, I take a lot of pride 
without sounding too Brexit, <laughs> I take quite a lot of pride in in being the only top six club with English owners. Yeah, I think that that feels sort of right in a way. Um, and I just think it's a case of the grass isn't always greener. You know, you you, you lose Levy, Lewis, and, and Enoch, and fine, you might you might get owners in with who spend twice as much, but then they come they they come with a lot of baggage and. Uh, pulls various morals into, into question, and uh, it, it's not. I don't think it's quite as straightforward as 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 fans often make it out to be. And I think in 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 Daniel Levy, you've got someone who does genuinely have the best in interest of the club at heart. He's a Spurs fan. That's so rare. Um, and yeah, like like um, like you said, Zach, with the with the training ground and the and the stadium. You know, he's long term. He's he's really genuinely has built the club up. Uh, I know it hasn't been reflected in trophies, but you know, fifteen years ago, Spurs were a mid-table club with a stadium that needed that was outdated. Um, and he's he's brought the club into 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 twenty first century. And now the next step is investment on, in, in in the squad. You know, everything's in place now. So I do think January's is going to be a really big win for him um, because this feels like the moment where you're sort of. Is do or die. You know, you 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 back onto it again in January next season. The trophy is is very much on the cards and should be well within reach. Um, but generally, not. I'm I'm not leaving. Yeah, um, Enoch out through. Well, and and you make a good point about um, top six owners that are English. Although I would argue, I think Joe Lewis is not English. I think he's Jamaican. Uh, or Bahama, <laughs> or no, I'm making a joke. With as much with as much time. <laughs> oh, as see, yeah, yeah. yeah, there you go. Okay, yeah, <laughs> um, yeah I, I, I think you're right about investment in the squad because everything is in place, and there there is a really good chance to push on. Um, we'll see if it happens. Uh, just one more thing on investment, uh, and then we'll hit one more topic, and then we'll wrap it up. The the lack of investment in the squad or, or the potential investment. Uh, moving forward, I think it's been a disaster of a youth squad setup as well. You, I mean, you see how poor they are. And Ali, I know you do some great work for um, the Wolves youth squads. Uh, yeah, a little promo right there for you. Um, from a Spurs perspective, are there any players other than your obvious like Divine uh, or Donley that you think could potentially... Move in. Ali's giving me the face of God. No, I'm not sure about this. That could potentially push on going forward. Like I know Fagan Walcott like made his UCL debut under Mourinho, mm -hmm. and he looked to be promising. I think he went underwent surgery after that. Um, but is there any any player that you think has the potential to push on and pull off a a cane or a skip? Not immediately, no. And that is a concern. Like you say, Spurs is. You set up in recent seasons has um, has been a bit of an issue. Uh, you know, you, you get players coming through, like most recently Dylan Markande looks to be the next player who can break into the first team, sold for £1 million to Blackburn Rovers. Um, I get he wants first team football. I, I I completely understand his his reasoning for wanting to leave. But the issue is is how these, these academy players that are are uh, looked after and, and are integrated into the first team. Um, and and may, maybe the quality isn't just there, but I think a lot of it does come down to the handling of these players. Um, Walker Peters is another one I mentioned earlier. 
a player I, I think is really underrated, I really like. And Pochino just maybe that's Pochino's fault, or maybe it's the club's fault, I'm not sure. But he his handling of all pieces was, was really poor. He was man of the match in the first game of the 1718 campaign and also the last game of the 1718 campaign. But in between he didn't play anywhere near enough minutes and should have got a loan. Uh, and then suddenly you, you you lose him in a in a deal with Southampton and he goes on to play regularly and um, put up some really impressive numbers. So I think the talents are there. It's just it's just using them correctly. Jamie Donnelly, I really like. You mentioned there. Um, what we originally thought was going to be sort of physical number nine, out and out goal scorers. Now dropping back into midfield a lot more. Dare I say, esque Kane, uh, um, left footed as well. From what I've seen, he looks really nice. Really, really nice player. There's there is one player you didn't mention actually called Mikey Moore. Yeah. Uh, I think an under 18s player, and I, I haven't seen loads of him. But from what I have seen, he looks like a really exciting player. Maybe one to watch. I might want to keep an eye on. But generally, it's hard to get over. excited about the Spurs youth system currently. Um, right. I keep a and clean keen eye on, on Lee White Rose, but but um, yeah, yeah, it's 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 difficult. It's difficult. I, I think it's the same I... for all clubs. Right. Right. I think I don't know. I think you see. Like I, I don't. It's not a correct comparison. Um, I can't remember his name. Uh, from Man City, I think it was the right back that played against Chelsea. Uh, I can't remember his name. I looked. Yeah, great. yeah. Uh, and then Lewis Hall from Chelsea. Like you see these, these youth players that just perform really well, and you think like, where the heck is ours? And ours are, like, Divine's a great example. Like Scarlet, I think he started well. Uh, at Pompey, I don't know how he's doing now. Um, like Pape Matrasar is going to the World Cup, and mm. he's not playing in a a League Cup for us. I think there's like issues there. I, that that might be deeper with Conte and stuff. Um, but I think there is like talent with some of the players, but it's just disappointing from a collective um, that there isn't much like success. Appearing, uh, like I think Charlie Sayers is a great uh, option in defense. I, I don't know. I like once again. I, I check Lily White Rose as well, and I'm looking for some positivity. But it's always, oh, we haven't won since April, so it's a little depressing. I will say that the, the signing of um, Will Lankshire in the summer mm. with, for, from Sheffield United for I think about two million was that was encouraging because that signal was a change in direction. The Spurs had never done that before, really. Spurs mm. unsustainably. Look to just bring up players from under nines, under ten, you know, all the way up, and that's the chances of a player having a player who is of the necessary quality to come through from that age is so unlikely. You need to sometimes bring other players from other youth systems in. City are great at doing that, hence why they have one of the best academies in the world because they they pluck talents that are contracts expiring from other clubs. Chelsea that do the same thing. They got, I mean, I know a lot of money, but Trickermacker in the summer, and also um, Hutchinson from Arsenal came in. Mm-hmm. So that you know, you have to sometimes look elsewhere. <laughs> yeah, players that are still you know still developing a much cheaper price. You can't just look within. So the, the Lancashire signing is encouraging, and I do think there was obviously a, a big overhaul um, conducted by Paratici yeah. with 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 set up with the scouting setups, and I, so I do think we're entering into a new sort of um, new area. A much a much more encouraging area in, in that regard. Right. And I think I look at uh I think you make a great point. Like Lancashire, that's 
it's going to be a good sign. I think I know he performed well uh, for the uh, youth team over at Sheffield uh, United. Like Char- I think Charlie Sayers was from Tranmere or Southend or something like that. Um, and then I think Josh Keeley as well uh, coming over from Ireland. Like there is, you're right, there is some good investment from players coming over. I think it's disappointing that we're not building them up from the very, uh, I don't know. I'd love to, there's there's always that special element about it, having a, a youth squad player make their way into the starting 11. Um, I think that's why Kane's so special. Uh, that's a good conversation. Uh, maybe for a later pod. Um, last thing we'll talk about, and I don't know how long we want to spend on it, uh, the Carabao Cup. Uh, we can breeze over it really quickly. Um, Zach, were you were you disappointed? Were you nonplussed uh, about the whole situation? Um, I mean, you're you're never happy like going out of a trophy winning competition, um, especially one where a lot of Premier League teams were facing each other um, so early on. Um, and yeah, I mean, it's disheartening. I think it's also disheartening for, you know, for Conte's case, because I know he's been so adamant, like talking about like the booing and everything like that. I mean, you wrap up a, 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 a care about cup. Uh, you, you've got the fans eating out of the palm of your hand. I mean, cause this club is just screaming for, for uh, trophies. Um, so it was really disappointing to, to go out and especially um, with such a performance the way that we did it was just it was so lackluster there was no energy and Conte was talking about how you know uh, they've tired from all these games that we've been playing and I get that to a degree but also if that's the case then you know maybe rotate a little bit more um I don't know it's either way it, it's we're out um it's it sucks, but that's that's where we're at. I'm just glad that that performance um, didn't carry over into this game. Um, I'm glad that we got the three points. Like, that's huge. Um, and I think, uh, yeah, it's it, it, it allows us to end at least that bad run that we had on a positive with the three points today. Yeah. Ali, I mean... Are, are you disappointed? Like, would you like to have seen us maybe rest some players and then lose? Or, I mean, of course, love to see us win, but do you have any thoughts? Yeah, well, I actually couldn't watch the game. I was at a non-league football game here, so I wasn't able to watch this one. But I was, I did see the starting lineup, obviously. And, and I think either you treat the competition with full respect and you give it your all to try and win it, you play full-strength team, you tell the players, look, we're in it to win it here, um, which always should be the case, of course. But you know what I mean. Some, you know, the, the message is sometimes given that this I'm not bothered about the competition. It's either you sort of go, you full on with it, you go full on with it, or if you don't treat it as with as much respect or as highly, then you then you rotate. You know, this like you say, this is the perfect opportunity to see players like Jed Spence, to see players like Matasar, like Sayers, um, Divine, even. Donnelly, mm-hmm. why not? You know, when, when else are you going to see these players? Um, and it's good experience for them. You know, everyone everyone wins really, even if you don't progress. It, putting out these these much younger these younger prospects shows that you're not taking the competition seriously. So fans understand that. 
but at the same time they still get to see players that they otherwise wouldn't. Um, so I would have liked. I feel like we sort of went somewhere in in between. We sort of played a near full strength team. Obviously, the odd exception with Forster and um, Sanchez starting, whatever. But the performance wasn't there. The performance wasn't not that I saw it, but from what from what I read, it was clear that the players weren't treating it with with the respect that maybe maybe it deserves. I don't know. I'm hoping that in the FA Cup, we we take it a lot more seriously because, like you say, it's been what 14 years since you won a trophy, and, and you just lose another another option. Yeah. No, no, no. I think I think you're spot on. I will say the two positives from that. I thought Spence looked bright when he came on, um, created the red card or the second yellow for Mangala. Uh, my only caveat is he was running at some tired legs, so I want to put that into perspective. Uh, I still think yeah. he looked great. And then lastly, I thought Forrester was actually really, really competent, um, made some really good one-on-one saves uh, in that match. Um, of course, would have loved to Just... see his win, but... What's up, Zach? Yeah, uh, just to just to continue on that, just a little bit, but it's fun. like Spence was the one I think was a really standout player, and we Conte was talking about like there not being much energy and anything like that, but like we saw Spence is an energetic, you know, you know, young kid. You know, I think maybe just a bit more injection of the youth just to freshen things up into you know their chocked full of energy you know if we integrated that a little bit more I, I just wonder if if we would have had a different result yeah um well we're out we'll move on it'll be fine uh i know i keep saying last thing but this really is the last thing uh world cup squads were announced um over the over the past week uh the usa and england in the same group um I think we play the day after our Thanksgiving, Ollie. So everyone's okay. off of work. It's going to be absolutely insane uh, in the U.S. It's going to be a lot of fun um, from our perspective. Uh, two questions, uh, Ollie, for you. One, is there someone that missed out on the plane that should be on it for England? And then second, who wins? The World Cup. Uh, okay, so firstly... I think Southgate selected pretty well. Um, it's never easy. You're, ne- not, you're never going to please everyone. But I think generally you got most things right. I think Madison being included was a big thing for England fans. We'll see if um, he even plays. Like, uh, honestly, that's yeah, he may, he may not well. play, but at least I think it would have been a qual of upset if he didn't get in the squad. What I find frustrating with Southgate is that, again, he, he, he speaks about form. The importance of form with some players when talking about Abraham's omission, but then includes Harry Maguire um, and Calvin Phillips. So again, I just find it, I find it ridiculous that you can. It just feels very hypocritical. One player, how I, how I, I didn't expect to make it, but I would have quite liked to have made it. Apart from Tamori, who's the obvious one. I think everyone wanted Tamori, and, and I, I would have as well. I think he probably should have gone in ahead of, well. Maguire in form, I understand the reason behind Maguire. Maybe, maybe Cody or Dyer. Mm-hmm. Um, but the, yeah, the player I would have liked to have seen with Chilwell's injury was Sessegnon. Obviously biased there, but mm-hmm. um, and I know he's in the last few games he has struggled, but I think generally since Conte's arrived, he's he's looked pretty good. Um, far from the full package, he's still still a lot to improve upon. Um, whether he can reach his potential or not, I don't know, but. Um, yeah, with with Chilwell's injury and Southgate 
probably going with a back three slash five. Having someone who plays at left wing back week in, week out, or most weeks, session made sense to me. Um, it's just just a deputise for sure, or Trippier, whoever it might be. But I was, yeah, I would, I would have liked to have seen that. I think he sort of almost deserves it from his Spurs form over the last over the last year. Yeah, and I think and then gets, secondly, yeah, I think I think just last thing on Sess, I think he gets a lot of unfair criticism. Um, he's kind of a scapegoat, similar to how the Wink Suzoko pivot was. Uh, granted, it was not great, um, but most matches I felt they were competent. Um, and I think Sess gets overblown, like out of proportion. Um, I just think he needs that confidence, similar to Royal, uh, and he'll kick on. But sorry, the second part of the question, who do you think uh, win the lovely Qatar World Cup? Mark, uh, I'm not a betting man, but if I was, I'd be going with Brazil, I think. Yeah. Um, they tend to be a lot of people's favourites, and I'm glad people are realising their quality they have in the squad. Fullback is a real um, real weakness in the squad. Dani Alves, who's like 39. Yeah. Uh, Alexandro Danilo and Alex Tellis is horrible. Emerson Real, not, not much better. So, I, you know, I'm not surprised he didn't make it. But yeah, Brazil, other, otherwise, elsewhere on the pitch, I think they're just stacked with so much quality. Players in form as well um, going into the tournament. So I'd look out for Brazil or Argentina, I think would be my other, my other bet. And, and and I do think um, that another South American team, Uruguay, uh, are my sort of ones to watch. Mm-hmm. Um, I'm not saying they'll win it, but I I think they could surprise people and just go and go could, could go further than maybe people anticipate. Could be the uh, Croatia of um... or Denmark of Euros. Yeah, exactly. yeah, yeah, exactly. Uh, very dark exactly. horse ask. Uh, Zach, do you have a uh, prediction for a winner? Uh, yeah, I mean, I was I was gonna go with um, Argentina. So both like like you know like Brazil, both just really you know stack squads and uh, I don't know they just there's something about them. I don't know they they got that 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 South American South American tenacity to them and I don't know I I, I think they've got a really good shot. I I do think it is between Brazil and Argentina. I think at least. You know, looking at the favorites, um, just with their squads, um, but yeah, I think I think it's going to be an exciting World Cup. Mm-hmm. Yeah, no, it'll be great. Uh, we'll see what comes up after it, but I think the most important thing is we uh, end the season uh, or the first half of the season, as we'll say, uh, with a win at home, uh, four to three against Leeds, kind of kicking on uh, for December. Um, Zach, Ollie, thank you so much for uh, joining me. Um, it was a pleasure. Uh, Zach, I know they can find you at, at the THFC on Twitter. And Ollie, it's at Football Ollie, correct? Correct. There we go. Um, anything else you want to add before we uh, sign off, my friends? No, just, just to say thank you for having me on. It's been a real, yeah. real pleasure. No worries. Um, yeah. Well, Well, thank you all so much for listening and uh, up the spurs and we will talk to you all soon. Thank you very much.